Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, June 27, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big Roll X Radio. Call. We are one week away from our nation's founding. It's birthday, July 4th. That's exciting. It means days off from work on the horizon, just uh, not too far away. But we've got a full week this week. We have a full radio show today. We have a lot to talk about over the course of the next two hours. I'm TJ Walker. Nick Roush, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, TJ. Happy to be here with you in Radio Land. Um, although I did just wake up sore, and I don't, I don't know why. I'm not sure what what happened to to make me sore. I didn't do anything. Uh, we we threw some football in the front yard, and I was running around. Um, did did some work in the garden last night, but like, I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. I don't I don't don't know why the the back and hammies are like. Did you did you work out yesterday? Because that's what it feels like, and I I definitely did not do that yesterday. So, uh, this this is thirty one thirty thirty yeah. Ugh. No fun. Probably a lot of bending over in the garden, maybe doing some some nature squats there, going up and down, and the old body just said, eh, yeah, this is a little yeah. this is a lot. I did um essentially my um my my cages and my my stakes, they were just they're too small for the the water that's been uh, growing my my tomatoes very, very largely this this spring. So uh, you know, had had to redo some of that. So maybe, like, uh, my, my neighbor got. I borrowed a, a pal driver from him, and uh, got some big old steaks. So you know, that should take care of business. Maybe, maybe that played a part in it. Fun to use one of those things. I I, I don't imagine like driving fence posts into the ground or like all day would be very fun. But for just a few, uh, you know, kind of fun, kind of fun. Farmer Scooch may know a thing or two about that. Justin Kalen, how are you this morning? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm too glad to be here. Got a lot of sleep last night, so feeling nice and refreshed. I don't know a whole lot about pile driving, I'll be honest with you. But in any other farming equipment, I, I probably got your Oh. Probably got you. You could hold your hand through it, but pile driving, yeah. No, I'm not a 
I should know about it because I've always been the fence post guy, but I've been always yeah. more of the dig the hole for the fence dig post the hole guy. guy. Yeah. With uh, I, that, that little tool they have for digging holes for fence posts, it looks like a cool contraption, but also a pain in the ass to use. See, I grew up digging holes, and then, I guess, I don't know, probably 15 or 16, my dad bought this machine who he just, it's basically just like a massive drill, and he puts it in the ground, it digs a nice big hole, he gets it down to six foot, pulls all the dirt out, and all you got to do is clean it up to get the hole oh, nice and ready for the post. So that was a game Ingenuity. changer. Yeah. That was a game changer. No did more digging holes for this guy. Machine? Say it again. Did you do a better job than oh, the machine? Oh, no, 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 no. There's nothing. See, that's the thing, TJ. There's nothing better than the machine because of how time efficient it is. Like when you're spending, I don't know, five, ten minutes on a hole, just cleaning it up instead of digging a hole for 45 minutes to 50 minutes. Yeah, it's saves a heck of a lot of time and as you know i don't have a lot of time so i needed needed all the help i could get in that department no you, you certainly don't have much time now i feel fi- i figured as much i just i didn't know if somebody that had done the manual digging themselves for the course of so many years would be like yeah the, the machine's nice it'll save you time but it doesn't do as good as a job as just a good old-fashioned scoots and a shovel oh manly men will say that for sure but you're not too proud. No, heck no. I'm Give me the machine all day, every day. Did we win the lottery last night? Oh, uh, I was actually getting ready to check. Because um, that would be nice. That would be a real nice call. That would be huge. It would be a great Oh, win. no. It, I had three 21s as Powerball numbers, and it was 12. <laughs> Freaking oh, just the other way around. Dyslexic. Come on, Powerball. What the heck? Otherwise, we'd be made in the shade. Okay, well, maybe Wednesday. Hopefully, there is no other winners. That pot may go over to half a half a billion, which would be kind of cool. It would be. That, that I would appreciate be. that. Well, yeah. Roush is sore. Scoots had a great night's sleep. He's feeling good. Uh, I, I slept fine. I've been going to like the how early I've been going to bed has just been flat out embarrassing, embarrassing as of late. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like Saturday and Sunday, more than just normal, like dad working dad sort of tired. I was so exhausted. Both days I, I like had to take a nap when the baby was napping, and even still went to bed like super early those days. Um, yesterday was better, but yeah, the last couple days I've been really, really tired during the day, but I haven't felt sick or been sick, Roush. So it's not, I don't think it's like a sick thing, uh, just like. In, just at a certain point in the middle of the day, it's just like, all right, I've got to, I'm, I'm about ready to fall asleep. And then yesterday didn't cause I worked all day and I was fine. But after the, we put the baby down and got done doing some of our chores, it was like, okay, I think laying in bed sounds nice and I'm going to sleep. So I don't know what's been up with that lately. Maybe that's just a getting old sort of deal. Roush. I, I, I hope not. Um, the wife was like, this is why you need to drink coffee. No. Not doing it. Yeah, you probably should. Not doing it. Yeah. It Worst just, comes to worst, I could just take a five-hour energy if I needed. Yeah, but coffee's much more sensible. Coffee's disgusting. How so? Um, just from a practicality and inexpensive standpoint, and uh, warm drink to wake you up. It's nice. It's nice. 
it's not like a five-hour energy will break the bank. That's the thing. If I start the coffee train, it probably becomes an addiction. I'm not addicted to five-hour energies. Like, I just, if I really, really have to take one, I'll take one. It probably equals out to once every two weeks, maybe. I, I would think that just in general, your sleeping pattern, like, it, it would just be difficult to become well-rested. Like, just period. Yeah, it's... Like, like, again, go to bed, usually by around 10, I'm asleep some days a little later, maybe some days probably a little earlier, and it seems like it's getting a little earlier and earlier. And then I am up by like six, some days a little earlier than six, some days a little later than six. I, I, just think, I think I'm just in a very early sleep pattern right now, where I go to bed early, wake up early, go to bed early, wake up early, um, which I guess is all right. I guess this is just the reality of being 32 just like you doing gardening work and being sore from it at 31 <laughs> just our 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 new our new future yeah, new, new reality mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the baby woke up early this morning though and was in a cuddly mood she's not the most cuddly baby and she's a toddler now but she's not the most cuddly little baby in the world so but she was extra cuddly this morning watching some cartoons as i was getting ready for the radio show but uh so that was oh. at least nice but very very happy that we've got Sesame Street back in the rotation at the Roush House. Yeah, um, Frank likes it, um, so it's gotten Duke back into it, and it's just just wholesome, good stuff. Especially when they go to the foodie trucky scoots, they make learn how to eat healthy food. It's great. Roush, by the way, I uh, was reminded of you last night. We, um, I guess it was Sunday night. Or Monday, yesterday morning, I woke up and my roommate was up too, and he looked at me and he goes, "I'm surprised I didn't wake you up last night." And I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and a mouse ran out from under the sink and into the living room, and I screamed like a little girl." And I was like, "Whoa, well, that's not good." Well, then I get home yesterday, and there were a couple places where I could visibly see mouse droppings. So I was already thinking of you, Roush. I was like, ah, oh, he's he's dealt with this before. I thought about reaching out. But before I could reach out, my roommate walks in the door and has a couple mouse traps. And I'm oh, like, hmm. Yeah. So I look at him, and I'm like, dude, you're going to have to take care of that if we catch one. I'm, I'm, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I'm not dealing with it. So I wake up. Oh my goodness. Wake up this morning and there's a freaking mouse in the trap. So yeah. had to act like well, I had, had to act like I didn't see it and just walked out the door. Oh my gosh. Scoots. <laughs> I mean, okay. Now granted, I wouldn't be like it's it, he gets he gets to add a tally to his kill sheet. So like he should want to see, you know, the proof of the that it worked. Sure. But like, also, it's it's so easy to just grab a Kroger bag and flip it inside out like you're picking up a dog poop and just grab the trap, throw it away. Oh, you so you just throw the whole trap away? You don't reuse it? Yeah, I mean it's like fifty cents a trap. Uh, oh, okay. If I really, if I really care, you know, it, it's fine. Well, if I'd have known that, I might have taken care of it. I thought I was gonna have to like release the trap. And then pick that little thing up by its tail and launch it into oblivion. You, you thought that mice traps were reusable? I mean, they, they they could be. I mean, I've my mom certainly did back in the day. Oh uh, my good! Especially great. if you your mom would kill a mouse and then take the dead carcass off the trap and then reset the trap. Yeah, because I mean, if you think oh, about it, all you got to do is just lift the little lever up and it slides right out. Uh, but, yeah, um, like what do you wipe you? Get to put the blood and guts under a sink. TJ, you know, Ni- you know, Nick's frugal. Where does it come from? From the top. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. That um, is that is unlike anything I've ever heard. Reusing mice traps after the mice gets caught. It's also like uh, the way like it it. No, not to be too graphic, there, but there's not a lot of blood and guts. Like it just cracks its back and boom. Um, there, it's usually not yeah. a very graphic, messy scene. Not always. Um, I mean, you've you've had some that I'm sure are messy and graphic. I've had some that are messy and graphic. You know that it can happen. The the times that they have been uh, most reused is like down at the lake house because like, that's what that's what you got there, and you kind of don't want to not leave the them back out if you've you know got a couple that keep sneaking in. So like that that's the one where I think it makes the most sense. Uh, you're not there all the time right and you want to have as many and then you might not always remember to go grab some on the hardware store on your way down this is a, a wild start to the morning on so many different <laughs> accounts get your text into the thornton's text line stop in a thornton's today no mice in the thornton's i do love the idea that scooch was like yeah if i had to release its dead little body that was too much time but if i'd known i could just throw away the whole thing i probably would have taken 10 <laughs> seconds to do that instead scooch just looked at it said not for me this morning and just kept on walking as if the mouse is strictly a, your roommate a, a gill's problem not you problem well see you know i don't know it's a, for me it's death was one of those things growing up like i was okay with like i was a hunter I've, I've killed deer i've killed squirrels that was it was never an issue for me but the older i get the more soft i get on death no no matter what it is that's dying i just i don't want to see it i don't really want to be a part of it it just kind of makes me uncomfortable i know it's it's the way that life goes everything dies everyone dies just what happens i just I, but i just don't want to deal with it makes me sad so you just put the blinders on. So I just put the blinders on. <laughs> well, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, we could probably have a more in-depth, deeper conversation on death. It's summer radio. So anytime a texter maybe wants to go down that route, you just let us know on the Thornton sex line. <laughs> uh, but I, I share some similar sentiments. But then again, a dead mouse is a dead mouse. You got to well, get it out of the house. Not to go. I was going to say, I, I have like an inverse relationship, Scoots, where um the kind of sappy uh stories that you see on you know the morning news or something like that uh you make a wish type thing like those stories and, and that's not even a good example of it but it was recently um father-son triathlon team that um he had uh i forget what the disease like muscular dystrophy or something so the dad pushes him everywhere and they had Peyton Manning tell him that he's going to get to run in the the Ironman in Hawaii. And, like, I'm sitting there just crying. Like, what, what are you doing, you big old sap? Like, Jesus. Like, you knew that what was even going to happen, and it still got you. But then, when it comes to, like, animals or something, it's, it's it's I just, I you know, so be it. Like, Mother Nature. So, like, I, I, I've become uh, similar scoots. I've become softer, but only in some regards. Yeah, no, I After mean, I the touching Manning video. He just had to Google image some dead mice to get him to snap back to reality. <laughs> no, I mean, Roush, I'm with you in that regard. I just, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I was telling Gil last night, I would have much rather that thing just poked its head out the couch and I would have just grabbed it by the back of the neck and launched it in the field behind our backyard. <laughs> oh, oh, would you have done that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of mice or anything. I just, I, I don't want to deal with death is what it comes down to. But if I could have picked that thing up like a mama cat from its neck skin and just launched it in the field behind our house, yeah, I would have much rather done that. Scoots doesn't even need to fish with the fishing pole. He'll just go down to the pond and grab the fish that he wants that's right called, out of the water. That's called noodling, baby.
<laughs> Mice are hard to catch, Scoots. Yeah, no, I, I say, yeah, I know. I say that whole thing like it was going to be just easy for me to pick down and grab it. Yeah, wouldn't have been like that. But now I just want to vent like a, a video of Scoots in his living room playing one on one with this mouse trying to catch it. That would be entertaining. I'd watch it. You give me a 10 minute video of Scoots trying to catch a mouse, I'm probably watching oh, at man. least seven minutes of that video, maybe all 10 of them. So, uh, it, why is your house? kind of messy scoots to, no to yeah a, a no spot for a mouse no it's not at all i mean we keep it really clean we're it's it's yeah it's i don't i don't know where the mouse have come from and i asked my buddy who lived there in the past i was like if you did do you all ever have mice issues and I, I believe he told me no that was a few weeks ago though so yeah i don't know i mean it's a house so like they mice get in houses right all of them yeah you know i don't care who you are um, i just i just want to know where he's coming from you know how's he getting in uh, probably by walking in. That, that would be my assumption. <laughs> I didn't leave the door open for him. Scurrying I'd like to think in. This mouse levitated in. <laughs> Although couldn't levitate out of, out of Through the, the roof. Although there. maybe you have multiple mice. And I definitely think if you have a house that has trash laying around and you leave the door open more, you're more likely to get critters and mice yeah. in your sure, house. Sure, yeah. Than, uh, mostly, mostly food out. Like any sort of the the one that my wife always gets. Like if the dog like leaves a couple dog food for sure. Yeah, yeah, like a couple pieces hanging out. That's just mm-hmm. prime time for ants and dog food. This is a center for ants. Needs to be at least three times this size. <laughs> <laughs> we made that reference a week ago when we were in Bowling Green and Dugan did not get it. Not a big Zoolander guy, Dugan. <laughs> I, I, I suppose not. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We're talking mice. We're talking death. We're talking. Oh, Scoots! You should get some. You should get a cat. You should get one of the station cats. Boom! That'll fix your mice problem. Or could I interest you in a snake? You know. Oh yes, you can interest me in a snake. Snake, absolutely. Love snakes. Big snake guy here. Well, boom! There's your problem. But get I a have snakes. Put them around the house. I've honestly, I've, I've been thinking about getting a cat instead of a dog. They're just so much more low maintenance. I won't have to pay attention to it. Just kind of there. Not a bad Scoots, idea. You would be a freaking snake guy. Oh, I know? love snakes. Love them. Gosh, it's so weird. There's like, there's two things in my life that I like freak out or geek out over. You all know one of them because we discussed it yesterday. Storms, but snakes are the other thing. Love snakes, love storms. Thought it was Walmart girls, number one. Uh, that, that'd be a close third. <laughs> uh, how do you deal with snakes? killing mice given your just acknowledged notions on death i mean that that's just a circle of life that's not me doing anything to kill the mouse that's the snake just that's circle of life in all honesty that was like probably one of my biggest hang-ups on snakes is like I, i don't have anything really against snakes i don't love them don't dislike them I think I try to be kind of cautious of poisonous snakes because out in rural appraisals, I've seen what I would consider to be a poisonous snake. Although you don't really, I mean, I'm no expert, although I I see the little charts on Facebook and stuff and how you can tell the difference about it. But point being, I'm I'm cautious of snakes just because I don't want to get bit by one. Uh, But like when in high school or grade school, and we even had a guy in college who had a snake, I just really never could get behind the like feeding time and how everybody thought it was so cool. And I was like, I get the concept of it. I understand this snake needs to eat, but also don't love the idea of like watching this poor little mouse 
meet its demise knowingly a lot of times and then like suffer. I, I never was a huge fan of that aspect of snakes. Wait, so he fed admitting he, that you had to do it. He fed his snake live mi- mice. Yeah, yeah they, oh. they also. Um, I've always heard of people f- feeding them like frozen mice. I think it can kind of go bofa with snakes. Yeah. Um, some some can eat dead stuff, but some cannot. Some prefer or, just yeah, yeah, like it. It's the chase the same for them. Um, well, the things for the snake on the hunt are cool. Admittedly, the mm-hmm. screams from the dying mice are not cool. My um, I I just if I see a snake around water that. Nothing gives me the heebie-jeebies more than like a snake in a lake. You you won't find me swimming in that lake anytime soon. I'd rather swim with a shark than a snake in a lake. Actually, Interesting take. last time I went to the lake, I actually had a, like a, I don't know, what, water moccasin? Is that what we have around here? What are the bad ones we have in here that are in the water? Wa- water moccasins are the, the bad ones, but yeah. they're not all water moccasins. What so, else are they called? Copperheads. I mean, Copperheads. Uh, right? I don't know if those swim, but water moccasins are the poisonous ones that swim. And there's also just snakes in water that aren't poisonous, but they all freak me out either way. Well, I had a little baby one swim across my foot last time I was at the lake. Was, oh my God. That was fun. Yeah, I, I would just never. <laughs> yep. See ya. Done. And it's, it's really the, just the, not even just the way it looks, but like, I feel like I I'm faster. Like if I need to get away from a snake on land, I easily can do that in water. I'm not faster than that snake. Like, no. Cottonmouth huh. and water moccasins are the same snake. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, they, and you don't want to see those. No, you don't. No, those are bad. They're venomous, but they're not overly aggressive, according to Google. Google. That's good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, one just swam over my foot. Didn't even pay me any attention. Yeah, that would that would that would freak that would probably you know again not saying I'm I'm terrified of snakes that'd probably scare me I'd jump. You just played hey. it cool. Oh yeah, yeah no I I You're watched it. To take it home. I actually no I actually chased it so it, it went off like in the rocks and I was like stepping on those rocks to see where he was and he swam off into some grasses and I kept an eye on him. Yeah, I was I love him. I mean, love snakes. you do that, but you won't pick up a mouse off a of mousetrap scoots. Yeah, you know, you're just the most enough. complicated individual. Oh, my goodness, I just we'll never figure you out. It's death. It is. That's what it. That's been a dead snake. E. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. You're death. an interesting cat, scoots. And speaking <laughs> of interesting cats, the cats have a new interesting cat by the name of Trey Mitchell. He wow. You heard it here first, folks, on KRC. Nick Roush, you beautiful, bald son of a gun. You did it. You You basically told us. I had to pry it out of you, but there was no hiding what you were supplying. You told us that Trey Mitchell was going to be a cat, and you said it was going to be on Monday. And then you tried to do the little backtrack, but you were winking. You were winking the whole time. And credit to you, you were the first to break the news before it had even, even happened. Way to go, Nick Roush. Woo! We did it. We got him. Um, and we're going to spend the next, I don't know, 30 minutes plus, maybe even 90 minutes, who knows, talking about the addition of Trey Mitchell. Um, there's two texts back-to-back, TJ, that I want to get to that I think thoroughly sums up just how weird of a time we're in. Um, but all in all, a great addition, a much-needed addition, a welcome addition to a quality, quality college basketball player that's going to make a big difference 
on this upcoming Kentucky basketball team. So very excited to have Trey Mitchell in Kentucky Blue. And Nick Roush was the first person to tell you that it was going to happen. We're going to talk all about it, like Roush said, after this on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Give me that. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. With Walker and Roush. Yeah! I read you. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Well, I'm not sure the, the song with the rejoin there, but that's that's all right. U- usually they have like a meaning. I think that one did, no? The drop was one in a million, and then the song gotcha. s- starts okay. with one in a million. I hear you. <laughs> Just not familiar with the song. Okay, it did check out. It made sense. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Remember, you can get an 89-cents, 32-ounce fountain drink at Thornton's. And Refreshing Rewards member, you're going to save $0.05 cents at the pump each and every time. It's real easy. You just punch in your number. Check out at Thornton's today and check out the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. All right, so Nick Roush, did you actually know Monday was going to be Trey Mitchell as a cat day? Yeah. Is Roush really loves oh, no. a good suspense. <laughs> I, I really do. Like to leave you hanging. I thought it was going to happen Monday or Tuesday. Did not see any reason for either side to wait. Um, so glad, glad he decided to go ahead and pull the trigger Monday afternoon and make it happen. And uh, TJ, it's one of those things. The more I've watched, the more I liked. It's and and I. My thing is, CJ, is I feel like there's a lot of very spicy takes on the internet if you wanted to have spicy takes on the internet, one way or the other. Um, and I I like to I like to just be in the middle of the road on this one because I think Trey Mitchell is a good basketball player who's got a nice face-up game um, and a lot of length that could potentially pose a problem on the defensive end. But he's skilled offensively, uh, not like necessarily going to bang against everybody. And he's unlike um, a lot of players that we've I, – I just – I can't remember the last – like, I guess Jacob Toppin, a good, skilled face-of-the-basket athlete, but Trey Mitchell's probably going to operate a little bit more closer to the basket maybe and be a little bit more physical near the rim. Um, but nevertheless, like, I just – you just like what this guy's bringing to the table. Like, I, I – but I, with that being said, to, to go back to the original point, like, I don't think he's a, a world saver. It's going to light the world on fire. Like, I don't think, like, uh, Cal, Cal's got his swagger back. If you doubted him, you were wrong because he was always going to bust up. It's like, well, no, there's like a happy in between where, like, 
you shouldn't chastise people for being worried about what was happening because things were looking a little bleak there. This is a great addition at the time. Um, and you're, you're starting to feel, feel pretty, pretty comfortable about Kentucky's roster. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I think if anybody is looking for him to come in and, and be Kentucky's best player, it probably means UK's in, in some, some trouble. Uh, but we always, this is a, a position of need. And we said all along, Kentucky's going to need somebody at the, at the four. If they can, if they're a three that can play the four, cool. If they're a four that can play the five, cool. But you, you got to get some help there on the front court or else UK is going to be in trouble. And they just were having big time difficulties being able to convince somebody to come play this role where, yeah, it may be your final year of college basketball, but we need you to maybe be the sixth man. We need you to potentially come off the bench. We really like what we've got in Bradshaw at the four, and Uganda is, is kind of poised to be our five. Um, although I do think, you know, when they snipped around with Hunter Dickinson and recruited Oscar Sheboy to come back, that they were willing to maybe bench Uganda for the right piece. But it was going to be a tough sell. And we talked about that a lot with a lot of different players. And we understood why some of the players didn't want to, to agree to it. We were hoping that UK's nil situation would be so significant that, hey, maybe playing time's not the most important thing if I'm going to be making significantly more money in this position. But then we kind of learned that maybe UK's deal situation isn't, they're not a, a spot to be able to do that, to be able to go and and pluck somebody away from a, a good playing time opportunity just because they were making more money at UK. We were confused by the whole situation. And here it is in middle, approaching late June, and it did feel like Trey Mitchell, to some degree, fell into your lap. Nobody could have predicted the Bob Huggins situation, which Calipari's tweet yesterday did crack me up a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll read it for you. It says that Trey is from Pittsburgh, and I've known him for years. This was a unique situation. What? What? Can you expound on that, Cal? What was? What was unique about this situation? Oh, are you talking about where the one the the Hall of Fame coach goes on a radio show and uses a slur, and then just weeks later gets a dangerously violent DUI? Is that the unique situation, Cal? That's a fun way to describe your buddy getting into trouble. That's like uh, when when you're trying to explain to your parents, you know, what what your your pal Johnny did that got himself into trouble. Well, it was, it was a unique situation, but he's dealing with it. He's handling it. That is the most, like, you, it, it, you know, you're not wrong, Cal. It is a unique situation, but that's the very nice way of, of putting it. Um, he says, but as soon as he put his name in the transfer portal, he was a player I knew we needed to pursue. He brings leadership, experience, size, versatility. He's a great fit for what we want to do. I know this is a win for us, and I believe it will be a win for him, too. We're excited to have him as part of our program. But the more important part is Cal calls the situation unique. And just for the haters and losers out there, UK did not, did not recruit him until his name was in the portal. But as soon as his name was in the portal, UK knew it was a player they needed to pursue. Uh, sure enough, he only visited UK 
weird, weird how it worked. No, he just put his name in the portal, dead set on UK from start to finish. Everything happened very quickly. But for anybody that's going to accuse UK of tampering, you look John Calipari in his eyes, if you can find him, and you tell him you're a liar. Because he just said, he, he debunks it right there, Roush. No tampering. No tampering. That settles we, it, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it, it's, it's, um, it also reminds me of, um, what was it when he tweeted, we did not fire Jay Lucas. <laughs> it's like, were there that many people saying you did, Cal? That that one was much more remarkable because at least there were there was some little weird journalist hardo <laughs> like, when did he enter the portal? When, and it's like, well, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, it just it moved fast because it needed to. Like, for this player, if I'm Trey Mitchell, I need to figure out, I mean. Am I going to Canada? Hug? Yeah. Well, and also, we, we, the hugging stuff was the weekend before last. So, yeah, 10 days to find out a new home feels like the appropriate timetable if you're going to move on. You need to do it quickly because summer sessions are happening elsewhere. Um, this guy's obviously familiar with it. This will be his fourth school in five years. He did two at UMass, one at Texas, uh, and I guess two at West Virginia? Or was it? Was this going to be his second one? I guess this was going to be his second one before uh, he ended up bouncing. Um, but, yeah, like it. No, no need to kind of stamp that out, Mr. Mr. Calipari. I don't think it's necessary. It's a it's a big time get though. You're right. Like again, if you're expecting Trey Mitchell to come in and be UK's best player, then UK is going to be in trouble. Not to say that he can't maybe on on any given night lead UK in scoring. I shouldn't say any given night. It's probably going to be one of the guards. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were a, a few games in the season where Trey Mitchell's UK's top scorer. Uh, he's he's kind of that type of player. I've watched more on him now that he's officially a wildcat, although I, I kind of got a little excited over the weekend and watched plenty of Trey Mitchell tape. But he's a player I was familiar with at West Virginia. West Virginia was a team that you thought Kentucky struggled early on. West Virginia was just horrible early on and then eventually kind of kicked it into high gear, was very competitive in the Big 12, which was probably the best conference. I don't think there's really – too much of a probably about it. They were the best conference in college basketball last year. Big East probably second, SEC, Big Ten, third or fourth, and then ew, ACC. I don't know. You could maybe even put a couple another conference in Say front of it. Like the eleventh, yeah, they were thirty-seven. They, they were horrible. But this dude's played two years in the Big Twelve, which again has been the best or near the best in terms of conference. He knows what competitive basketball looks like. And I like the fact also that he's a, a guy that played two seasons at UMass and put up big numbers, obviously big enough where he was a, a, a take on the – or he was a big-time transfer portal target the first go-around that he did it when he went to Texas. Um, and his numbers decreased. They decreased to Texas. They went up a little bit once he moved to West Virginia, but they're still – you know, five or six points off what he was averaging at UMass. What that tells me is he's a guy that's going to accept a role at UK, whatever that role may be. Not necessarily, I don't I doubt he's a big numbers guy. It's not like I know him personally. I do know some people that have been around him before, and they all say all the, the nice cliche things that you'd expect to hear. But he did, he, he is somebody that put up big numbers and said, I don't care so much about the numbers. I want to go to a better team. And he's done that, and he's kind of worked his way up. Texas, West Virginia, probably more parallel shift there. 
but he he's kind of worked his way up the ranks and now he's finally at UK. He is versatile. He he's got an interesting style that I don't you know I don't think Jacob Toppin necessarily is like a terrible comparison as as much as that may kind of scare people, but I don't think it really should. Well, and it's it's because there's not. I mean, Cal, it's this kind of player is he feels like a guy I would see playing for Jim Beheim in the zone, right? Like just using a lot of length, skilled facing the basket, um, pretty solid passer. Like he's just not the the SEC type of big man, just kind of whooping ass in the paint, you know? Correct, correct. He he, he is finesse. He's skill. He's a good shot. He will take advantage of smaller defenders. He's not afraid yeah. to kind of put a shoulder into somebody, but it's got to be somebody smaller than him. He's not going to yeah. go try to bang yeah. with somebody that's bigger. Um, he can defend fine. He, he's not an amazing defender, but he's not going to go get bullied either. Again, think kind of Jacob Toppin on that end. Um, but I, I like the fit. It's going to – It's again, he's not a bruiser, somebody that you're going to go sit on the block – but he is somebody that you can sit just off the block and let him catch the ball in a spot that he likes and do a little turnaround fadeaway, and it's pure as butter. It's great. It's really an impressive move that he's got with his shot. Uh, he's good at just being able, all right, I'm comfortable where I am on the court, and it doesn't really matter how the opposing player plays defense. He's got such long release and a high release. It's a really tough shot to block, and as long as he's in a comfortable spot, there's a good chance that it's going to go in. Even his misses a lot of times are kind of soft off the rim, which are good misses because it allows your freak guards to maybe go make a run on the ball from the perimeter. Or if you've got a big, talented, long big that can kind of get a finger on it, maybe tip it back up into play or tip it back up in the basket or just slam it back in. And hopefully you got a Kingsley's going to be able to do that. But I, I really like what this is going to do from an offensive standpoint. Uh, he's a good passer too, because sometimes he'll, get doubled just not because he necessarily commands a double based on his skill set but he'll just find himself in a spot where it's easy to trap so he'll get two people on him really good passing out of it uh, I, I think if you want to kind of take a style fit to be able to play bob huggins and back chris beard defense and pressure you got to know how to go against that pressure in that defense because it's what you're going against in practice because you're practicing. Your, your defense is practicing. It's what you're used to going against. So he's probably going to get some of that at UK. And, if, again, the more better passers on this team, the easier and better it's going to be for everybody. You can really make that about any basketball team. It's a blanket statement to some degree. But especially with this group, I'm not exactly sure how the shooting's going to be. So the more open that Wagner and Dillingham are, and, the pro and Edwards as well, probably the easier it's going to be for those guys. Uh, but even even not, them cutting to the basket. This is just a team that you're going to want. The more passes, the more open shots, the more you're going to break down a defense, the more this group, I think, is going to make a team pay. So he's a good passer. That's important. He's a good scorer. He's good at taking advantage of mismatches. Uh, you know, there's a little Darius Miller to his game in terms of a shooting standpoint. Sometimes you see Darius Miller take a smaller defender and not necessarily take him all the way down to the block, but take him to about six feet, just where he was comfortable enough, and then he'd do that little turnaround and, and, and yeah, switch. Shoot him. over him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trey Mitchell's taller than Darius Miller. Don't don't go ahead and take that as a comparison, but just that part of their offense, yeah. you're going to see some of that. Well, in, in the um, Brandon Ramsey, he, has, he can have some takes on Twitter, but he is very good at breaking down tape. Like just that, I mean, he's a coach. That's what he does best. And um, – 
Uh, the the point he made on the film breakdown, I think, is the most uh, poignant that that really uh, I'm fascinated to watch unfold is you've got this team with a bunch of ball dominant guards, right? So you you expect DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, maybe even Justin Edwards to a degree, although I think he more likely be the screener in that situation. But you have all these guys who are good ball handlers. Trey Mitchell is a He's a pick and pop kind of guy. He can do that, and I don't know how many guys Kentucky's had that are like that. But um, and and I say that, and it's also uh, important to note too that he has, I think, a hundred and three made threes in hundred and four games or something like that. So he's not like a high volume guy. But when those opportunities present themselves, he's not going to hesitate. So I, I think just from a a spacing standpoint on a team that needs space to operate, he can provide that and also give them a weapon to help get guys open because defenses are going to have to respect his outside shooting ability in that pick and pop situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. It's going to be a dangerous offense, assuming that DJ Wagner and Dillingham and Edwards aren't just ice cold from outside. As long as they can keep a defense honest, it's a really tough lineup to guard against. And that's that's with Uganda basically being a wild card. What we're going to get out of him on the block, I'm going into the season assuming nothing and anything will be a nice surprise. It'll obviously be more than nothing. But anything significant will be a surprise to me. Now, now Uganda can knock down that 12-footer from the baseline. And he can extend that probably out to about 18 feet where he is comfortable with that shot and he can knock it down trust me the sack pack Matt sack he's talked about it where in warm-ups he just wouldn't miss those elbow jumpers they were just all day he was the most consistent shooter out there he can knock him down in games too I don't know if we saw it in games maybe hit one that comes to mind but besides that he didn't do a ton he didn't get a ton of minutes he didn't get a ton of playing time but with the exception of Uganda it's just going to be an incredibly hard lineup to for defenses to keep up with and then if those guys can shoot you can't really zone him either. And Trey Mitchell's a good zone buster too because you can just use him, you, you know, think of Keon Brooks at Kansas and the blowout win at Fog Allen where they just put him in the middle of that zone and Keon Brooks just feasted. Uh, you can get that with Trey Mitchell a little bit where he's going to be able to take advantage of his zone. That being said, the best way to get a team out of zone is take advantage of the open threes that a zone is going to give up. So if Antonio Reeves and Justin Edwards and, Dylan, what I'm basically getting at is this team's going to be unguardable. 40-0, print the shirts. <laughs> yeah, print the shirts, baby. I'm kidding, um, but I, it is going to be a really tough team to guard, this this roster that UK is going to put together. And it's so funny because without Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell, it's probably not nearly as hard as a team to guard. I mean, again, if those guys end up being good outside shooters, then you're, you're in a really good spot as is because we know they're going to be tough to guard off the dribble. But what would stop teams from just packing in a zone, giving them their outside shots, rolling the dice with it? All right, they'll hit a couple maybe here or there, but you'll overall be better off than them taking you off the dribble. It's just it's funny how much things can change in a matter of a couple weeks. You get Antonio Reeves back, you add Trey Mitchell. I'll take this offensive group against just about anybody. Now, the big question is, how are they going to defend? And when you got this many freshmen, they're going to demand this many minutes. Quite literally, anybody's guess is is just as good as about anybody else's. I, I think that this group's got some good defenders. We know DJ Wagner t- takes pride on his defense. He's really hard-nosed and 
uh, is a dog, as the kids would say. But pretty much everybody else, eh. We know Antonio Reeves isn't the best defender in the world. What about Dillingham? Edwards, you would think his athleticism and length should make him a pretty good defender. But we've seen Calipari have players with a similar wingspan and that play the three that were underwhelming on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, how good this team is is probably going to be determined on the defensive side of the ball. I do also wonder how they're going to rebound. Trey Mitchell's a solid rebounder, but he's, you know, again, probably similar to a Jacob Toppin mold where he, he'll go get him, and if it's coming to him, he's not going to go get pushed away out of the way for him, but he's also not going to necessarily go flying in out of nowhere and go and go steal one. So uh, rebounding and defense, I think, are now still the, the biggest questions. I think outside shooting will be good enough. I'm not worried about that. Perimeter, um, perimeter sh- scoring, perimeter shooting will be fine. Being able to attack and go inside – that's not going to be an issue at all. I think interior scoring on the block, you maybe you got some question marks there, but interior scoring as a whole, I think won't be an issue. Just how is this team going to defend? It's going to be a lot easier, Roush, having you gunna down there in the block to block shots. That that's that's one thing that I think UK fans are going to have a kind of a tough time trying to think think about. It's been a while since you've had a, a elite shot blocker. You maybe even have to go back. I mean, Isaiah Jackson certainly should be in the conversation because he was a good shot blocker, but he was playing more four, where sometimes he just wasn't hanging out in the paint to be able to sh- to block the shots. And Olivier Saar was just – he was okay. Nick Richards, you know, you probably got to go back to how UK defended with Nick Richards back there. And that could cover up a lot of, uh, of mm-hmm. deficiencies on the defensive end. Now, I think that perimeter group, of Maxi and Quickly and Hagens, I think that was a pretty good perimeter defending, but the year before that wasn't, and you still had Nick Richards down there kind of helping things out. He took that big jump, though, offensively the next year. So it's going to be an t- entirely different way of how UK plays defense with a shot blocker down there, and if he can be anything, you know, if he can if he can be in the conversation of an Anthony Davis or Nerlens Noel from a defensive standpoint, then this really should absolutely be a Final Four team and a national contender to cut down the nets. But we'll find out about that, about Uganda. And, and then if the other guys can guard on the perimeter, it's going to make it a lot easier as well. So it's going to be a fun year. I'm I'm fully back, baby. All the way back. The it's just funny how quickly that can change. Ready to rock and roll. But yeah, it is. It's also nice just to get a transfer portal piece (laughs) but um you got reeves back you were able to fortify the front court with the skilled big um that has a ton of experience um i did want to bring this up because it's so funny how um it's so funny how these texts are back to back on the thornton's text line just showing the varying takes that we got from this yesterday uh, the first said, let's not build Mitchell up to something he's not. If you're losing Oscar, we need an All-American type like Dickinson, not a role player on a non-NCAA tournament team. No, I'm pretty sure I bet on West Virginia and won on them in the NCAA tournament, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure a more physical Olivier Saar is moving the needle for this team. And then the next texter said, Cal has done it again. Sad day for the haters and losers, of which there are many within our fan base. <laughs> it's just, It's like, there's some people where the bar is so high it feels unobtainable, and there's some that are just ready to fight them uh, at, at a minute's notice. Um, but I—that's I, why I kind of off the jump. I was like, "This is a good get," and I, I'm not going to 
have the most radical takes one way or another. Although, like, it does just uh, the the concern levels. If I was on a scale of one to ten, ten being like smash the panic button, what the hell is going to happen? It was at like a seven or eight the Friday of the Aaron Bradshaw news, and now it's at probably like a four, probably around a four. Yeah, I, I think if you get Bradshaw, like let's roll. It, it's a it's a good roster. It's got experience. It's got proven uh, players. It's got a couple players that have been in Calipari's system, which you, you do it, that that can help. Uh, I think you got plenty of good locker room pieces and kind of keeping the team together, keeping them motivated, keeping them working hard. You've got attitude and and DJ Wagner. I mean, he literally had his postseason tournament canceled because of a massive fight um you need bradshaw you're going to need him to play you're going to need just what he can bring you from a ceiling standpoint and secondly if what if, if something happens with you gonna that's the nice thing about those front court pieces and i i think i we need to talk some to Sirel in the second hour but if they're assuming that they're done, and even if they're not assuming they're done, those are going to be the three guys that are going to command basically 99% of the front court minutes there. The nice thing is they're mostly interchangeable. Like Trey Mitchell, I don't want him to play five for Kentucky. I think you'd ask yourself to have a, a bruiser kind of take advantage of him a little bit. But he could in a pinch. That's no issue. You could have him at the five, Bradshaw at the four. You could have Bradshaw at the five, Mitchell mm-hmm. at the four. You could have Ugana at the five and either one of those other two dudes at the four. They're somewhat interchangeable there, so that that will be nice. And secondly, it, you know, it does it will allow you the Trey Mitchell addition, where like you're not going to be reliant on Uganda offensively really at all. If you again, if you get anything out of him on the block, that's going to be good. But it'll allow him to just say, "Hey, we need you to block shots. We need you to just basically go chase shots and alter defense." And it'll allow him to do that because I think one, he's quit. He's more ready college ready to go do that just go be an elite enforcer defensively more so than have to kind of carry the torch offensively and two it will allow it'll be easier for him to kind of process the game in terms of all right you know i've got four other guys on offense that can score i'll be looking for the alley-oops and i'll be looking for putbacks but really i'm getting my bread and butter here on defense and i'm just going to ball hawk and block shots and that's exciting too so that's what the trey mitchell edition adds and again like we were desperate for a four and you get this one to fall in your lap in middle to late June. Even if Trey Mitchell averaged, he averaged what, 12 and six rounding up. Even if he was a dude that averaged like seven or eight and four rebounds for West Virginia, like in a, and he was a freshman or something in a reserve role, that would be big. Just anybody, any, quite literally anybody, any space, B O D Y, body would have been a big deal for UK at this position, let alone somebody that may be on some all-conference first or second team preseason list because he was right there on the edge of that in the Big 12, uh, a better conference than the SEC. So to get that, even if you're not high on him, I like that texter, even the haters texter, saying a more physical Olivier Saar. I wouldn't say more physical. I'd say a more versatile, a smaller, more versatile, which – that's that. That was kind of the really? issue with Olivier Sars. He he, he, he was a bit of a statue. Like yeah, it, yeah, he felt he, stiff. Mm-hmm. He was he, stiff. Just, he played stiff out there. Yes, exactly. Uh, good shooter. Like you loved when he kind of had that shot. Uh, he could really spread the floor for Kentucky, but you just didn't get the same out of him from like a 
a, a five position. You, he wasn't bruising inside. He wasn't this monster rebounder, and he was kind of slow, especially in the pick and roll uh, defending. You won't get that with Trey Mitchell. I will say this about Trey Mitchell. He needs to be stronger with the ball. He's good to get that bad boy poked away from him uh, a couple times a game. Got to hold on to the ball. He will have several turnovers for UK. This team is going to be a team, by the way, that's probably just going to turn the ball over. That I think the most frustrating oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will be their turnovers. Trey Mitchell will not necessarily help that problem. Um, but, you know, you live with it. You, that means you probably just need to play faster, try to get more possessions, knowing that you're going to have some that are going to be Turnovers, so let's just get more of them. Let's 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 get more possessions because if we're not going to value it as much, let's get more of them. All right, that's hour one. I was uh, I got to geek out on basketball there. That was a lot of fun. We'll mm. let you geek out on the Thornton's text line, whatever you want to do. Text on in 502-414-1450. Uh, we'll talk a little football. UK basketball schedule was released as well. It'll be a really fun jam-packed second hour. Do not go anywhere. This is KRC. I'm Big X. I give nightmares to those who compete. Freddy Krueger walking on King Street. Confuse and lose, abuse and bruise the crews and choose the use. My name wrong, they pay dues. Destruction from the exterminator, but in a calm manner. Cause I'm a smooth operator. Cause I'm so smooth. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Always impressed by how far out from Jefferson County I can either get one of the two. Whether it's I'm going in Indiana, I can usually 1450 works a little bit better. Uh, but parts of Kentucky, Shelby County, Bullock County, I've heard traces in Hardin County, although it's not the most clear in the world. Uh, let's see. Oldham, obviously. Yeah, there's probably a couple other that man, I'm missing. Man, I was at my dad's what, about two weeks ago, I guess it was now. And he lives way out in the country in Palmyra, as you all know. So way up in Washington County, Indiana. I normally lose signal on my way to my dad's, but I got in my car the day I was leaving his house, sitting on top of his driveway, and it was freaking crystal clear. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is happening? So, yeah, maybe signal's getting better. It's nice. Well, You can listen to the podcast, too. Any way you listen, we're appreciative. Leave a rating and review. Join us on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page or in our Twitter community, if you feel, if you even know how to do that, uh, then go ahead and, and join us there. Uh, and we appreciate it. Text on into the Thornton's text line and head on over to ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses in all of Kentucky, all of the United States, and all of the known earth. You can save 25% off when you use promo code BIGX at checkout, 25% off. If you lose them, you break them, or you just want your order resent to you, they do a special thing at Shady Rays where they do a replacement promise, small processing fee just for the shipping. You get your order sent right back to you, brand spanking new, so you can buy with confidence knowing that when you buy at Shady Rays, the sunglasses you are that are sent to you, that's not the end of your sunglass journey with Shady Rays because they can just send you another one there. They also have a money-back guarantee, 30 days. You don't like them. They don't fit. They don't look good. Whatever's wrong with them, 
you send them back, you get your full refund. And each and every time you order at Shady Rays, you're helping feed hungry folks in America. We love this company. We use them all the time. When we're doing the second annual Big X kickoff scramble, we're going to have a bunch of Shady Rays to give away. And that Big X kickoff scramble at Elk Run is on September 1st. That's a Friday before Labor Day weekend. Go ahead and take off a little early. UofL plays football that night. The Brahm era kicks off. But it, college football will have just started on that Thursday night. I guess, well, week zero, the week before that. But, you know, you're going to be feeling the itch. The Cats are going to be playing that Catter Day. Come meet us out on the golf course. Play some golf. Have some fun. And wear your shady race. Mike Rutherford right. will be there, he said. That's what Trevor said. I didn't get to hear it. Did you hear it live? I did hear it live. Yeah. So Trevor was kind of just breaking down the whole day for him. And he was like, "We we'll, KRC will do their show out there. Then we'll have the scramble. And then the idea is for the Rutherford show to do out there. And they were talking about timeline and everything. And Mike was like, yeah, we get out of here at 6. We can get to wherever we need to be about 730 for the game. So, yeah, it sounds like they're going to be out there. Pretty exciting. Did he sound excited about it? Um... Or was he like, yeah, yeah, I guess we could do it. Yeah. It was kind of a mix between the two. He they don't tre- call him Mike Flaky Rutherford for nothing. Trevor asked him if Not he was gonna Trevor asked him if he was gonna be out there this year, and Mike was kinda like, Yeah, sounds fun. So not like super excited, but not like, eh, I don't really want to do that. All right. Well we'll that sounds like we've got a, a, a soft verbal. We need to make that a, a hard commitment. But it really would be fun. I mean, it'll be fun whether he's out there or not. But you get Rutherford, you get some of the UL folks out there. It'd be fun to, like, maybe try to – there's no way we're going to do this. But in your wildest dreams, like a Ryder Cup format between some UK and UL teams. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's, mm-hmm. not a pro- that's not a project I'm going to take on. Um, but instead, you just have some UL UK foursomes. Maybe you hit into the UL group. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> kidding don't hit into the uofl group don't no. hit into anybody unless they're playing like really slow <laughs> then a little warning shot i think is 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 necessary roush you want to go to the thornton's text line oh uh, yeah let's dabble with the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 is the number you text in we read it on the show and the first texter says remember when rival fan bases would make fun of former cal Kentucky players not winning any NBA championships. What a weird flex that was. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't do that anymore. Jamal Murray, uh, kind of a badass. Yeah, that uh, that was early in the Cal era where you'd have that. People be like, yeah, they're in the pros, but none of them are any good. They stink. Like we don't, you know, we don't really care. It makes the NBA more fun when they're doing well, and it's nice now that but, they've grown up. But they but were playing well. when you're top draft pick. You're playing for bad teams, and that's that's why that's how it works. Uh, normally, it's normally yeah. how it works. Uh, I have noticed uh, Boogie Cousins. He is getting. Uh, he's definitely getting into the media sphere. Uh, he's doing a lot of stuff with Rachel Nichols Showtime thing. So I, I expect we're going to be getting more and more to Mar- Marcus Cousins. I just, I wonder how, like, well, he'll be received by mass audiences. Because I I do think there's sort of a villain aspect to him. And, like, you know, Shaq has a a very, like, I mean, he's one of the best players of all time, of course. But, like, Barkley, 
was kind of in a similar vein to Cousins, kind of hated at times. But he also had higher highs than Bogey did during his NBA career. So I'm fascinated to see how this uh, transition is happening. Even though he's still playing some ball, we're going to be seeing a lot of Bogey in the media in the near in the next two, three years. I thought he was maybe trying to make a a return to the NBA. Which, you know, he probably, like, he should take one more swing at it. I mean, he's on, he's what, 32 maybe? Mm-hmm. So there's enough time for that. It's just so hard for him to, just from a defensive standpoint, like he can't guard those dudes. And, and you know, it's 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 not as bad as Enos Kanter because he ha- brings more offensive skill to the table. But, like, Enos saying that he got shut out by the NBA because of his beliefs. It's like, dude, you can't guard anybody. Same thing with Cousins. Like, Cousins is still good offensively, but – uh, when he tried to come back that year for the Warriors, like he was just such a liability defensively that they couldn't play him. So um, I, I think you're right. He'll probably take one more swing at things, but ultimately media, I think, will be his his calling. I didn't even know that he was he was doing the media stuff. He, he I think his podcast rounds did so well. Um, and Kim and Matt Barnes are buddies, so he would go up on that, uh, what is it, up in smoke or we want the smoke or – whatever that show is, all the smoke. Um, and then I saw him doing some pre-draft content with Rachel Nichols. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, there, there you have it. Uh, just get, get them on college basketball. Get, just See, stop putting Duke guys on college basketball and, stuff, please. Or UNC guys. Can you just Duke or UNC guys try ESPN? See if you can even do it. The thing that would be fun, too, there's this uh, – what can I talk about all the time with SEC Network football guys? There's this sort of – perception that you've got to be above it like jay williams even though he was a duke guy he tried to do the nba thing it's like dude just be the college basketball guy like there's nothing wrong with being the college basketball guy and especially cousins being from alabama like i think he could if the sec network espn was willing to pay like he could be a star oh yeah having him go on there tell his stories about playing down in starkville oh my gosh like and even just like, because he is one of us for a lot of those people in the South. He could be, he it would. It's kind of like how Marcus Spears was for SEC football. Like I get similar vibes with Boogie, where it's just like people would love that guy if he would just kind of be one of us on TV talking college hoops, right? So like I, I think that would be awesome. The problem is though, TJ, SEC Network doesn't pay very well. Um, and that's why a lot of those guys, like Antoine Walker, like you, you'll see a lot of former UK guys, Tony Dell, get in for a little bit and then kind of get out um, just because it's like, eh, you can make money doing other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that, that, that checks out. Uh, I, I, you'd love to see it, though. It'd be a lot of fun. And how much basketball, college basketball, does Marcus Cousins watch? He'd have to get into right, that a little right. bit, too. Yeah. Um, but if he if he if he I know he likes the NBA and watching his, if he could get into that that would be huh, that would be so much fun. It would be that would be a good time. Uh, let's talk about UK's SEC basketball schedule. It's been a basketball heavy show today. It's been more in the news. Obviously, we'll still talk plenty and plenty of football this fall or this summer heading into the fall. Uh, we know that Kentucky's. Five home and away. So these teams, they will play at Rupp Arena, and then they will have a return trip at Arkansas, home and away. Florida, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Those are the five. 
So Arkansas going to be a top 25 team. Florida, they're, you know, weirdly enough, there's a there's some optimism at Florida. They've done well in the transfer portal, but they did lose Colin Castleton, which I think is going to be a, a significant blow for them. But that that's one maybe you can get you can get both of there. Mississippi yeah. State, that's one that you would hope they're going to be better. Mississippi State, I wouldn't be shocked if they're a tournament team. Uh, they'll be better, but that's maybe one you can get both of. Tennessee, you just own the balls now. You swept them last year. There's no signs of looking back, so that's a no-doubter. You'll get both those games. Bucket balls. Mm-hmm. And then Vanderbilt, that's one that you would hope that uh, that you could get both there. So from a home-and-away standpoint, now that being said, Kentucky lost at home to South Carolina last year. They lost on the road yeah. at Georgia. Winning this on the is road all, is difficult. Right, this right. This is all a silly exercise in June when these but games aren't going to be played till February and January. I, I do like, though, that this these are these are teams I like to see. Like, I, I, I don't know the good way to put it, but like having home at homes – at Bud Walton in Rupp Arena with Arkansas. Like, that that feels right. Uh, it's not like just – there for the longest time, it felt like you got the home-and-homes was just, who's going to be the best team in the SEC that's not named Kentucky? We're going to put them on the schedule twice for UK. They, uh, they would have done that in years past when Bruce Pearl first got going at Auburn, uh, Alabama. Like, the, that would have been the obvious ones back in the day. So, I'm glad that that's not – like. Playing Florida, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, like it, it just it feels right to have them at home and away, um, if that makes any sense at all. I, I get what you're saying. I do think that this is on like a rotation basis. Okay, I but I'm pretty, like I'm pretty sure like you can predict this stuff. Like last year, did, but did like you, Tennessee, well, Vandy, and Florida were the the three permanents for the while, um, and then the others would rotate. I think. Correct. There are there is some permanent, but that is interesting. They did play Arkansas home and away last year too, and that's kind of, so. Has Arkansas moved into a permanent opponent? Well, and it's all changing next year once Oklahoma and Texas get here. Um, yeah. I forgot what that news was when it broke. Um, that was at the spring meetings a year ago, and they also I think agreed to add like you you got to add more SEC games when you do that. So I think now. If the math checks out, what is it, 18 games? Yes. Uh, I think it'll be 20 um, whenever they join the league. A lot of conference games. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. But, maybe too many. Eh, Texas and Oklahoma, that'll be nice. That'll I think you should try versions. to keep it at 18. 20 is a lot. But that's at that point, you're, how many, you're usually 32 regular season games. 31 yeah. regular season games. So you're getting 11 out of conference games. I mean, at what point do you all stop worrying about getting extra games? Well, at what point are you stopped being scared about that? You you won't go to nine in football. You don't want to go to 20 in basketball. Just do it. Scoots, it's not a scared thing. It has nothing to do with being scared. It's just there's a, there's a price you pay when you do that. So if you're going to play – nine SEC football games is the U of L rivalry in jeopardy. If you're going to pay, play 20 out of co- or conference games, then what's the out of conference schedule going to look like? Are you going to have to get rid of some big tournament games going, you know, big tournament games. I mean like the big, 
the big setups like the CBS Sports Classic or the Champions Classic? Are you going to have to get out of those? Uh, which I know some fans would be okay with that. And I'm, I'm always down for a change of pace, but you're probably not making that up with a marquee home game. You're probably making it up with a cupcake home game. So, so, uh, what do you, so there's, a, there's a price to pay for it. I will say that I, I, I was wrong. They're not adding more conference games. I found uh, the news from 2022's SEC spring meetings. Um, it was just at three permanent home and away. That's going to go down to two permanent home and away. So I would assume, what, Tennessee and Vanderbilt for Kentucky? You would think. Yeah. You would, you would think. No guarantee there. But it's just interesting you get back-to-back years with Arkansas home and away, unless they're a permanent opponent, and I just didn't know that, um, where um, things stand right now. Yeah, and you're only going to get um, – like they're only going to guarantee, yeah. It's just going to be there's just going to be a lot more variance in the schedule, so not not significant changes. Cool. I, Twenty seemed like too much. Scoots, you can take your little too scared comment and and just and just suck it, buddy. No, it's I mean, not a scared thing. At at the end of the day, what's going to happen if you add conference games, whether that's football or basketball? You're going to ideally drop one of those little cupcake schools. Which I get it. It's taking away a win, but you're. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, I mean, that's what you say when you're making a wrestling promo. That's not, like, actually what you say. <laughs> Football, it matters. Um, Spencer Hall had a good quote yesterday. He's like, I'm always in on Kentucky. They're mean. They're fundamentally sound. But they're also – it's it's all about who you play and the breaks you catch. And Kentucky's got Georgia and Alabama this year. Like, there's just a certain ceiling that you have. Basketball is a little bit different where I think – what would happen is, Scoots, you've seen it with your Hoosiers. You're playing Maryland in December instead of playing a, a non-conference game. And um, as good as the as, as much as the SEC has been improved, like I still like, especially in the sport of basketball, I would much rather play a marquee non-conference game that captures the attention of casual college basketball fans than I would playing Texas A&M at home and away, like. You know, I don't know. I love the December conference games. I love getting conference season kicked off that early because it's, I mean, you talked about it. That's normally that time of the year. You're not. Yeah. I mean, if you're Kentucky, you're playing a marquee opponent, but typically everybody else is just filling their schedule with whoever university, you know? Well, you, you it's because you get to play more games at assembly hall in that instance. And just chalk them up as a win because the refs are on your side. I'd rather have Eight a, com- I'd rather have a competitive fun game than a 40-point win yeah, for what it's worth. That's, a, that's the problem, though, Scoots. You're saying that. It doesn't – more conference games doesn't actually take away from playing Mississippi Valley State in November. You're still playing Mississippi Valley State in November. For, Indi- Saturday- for Indiana, yes. For Kentucky, that wouldn't be the case because you all don't – like TJ said, you all don't have room on the schedule. No, I mean, but they would they would probably end up getting out of, like, the CBS Sports Classic or something, right? That, would be, that would be no good. Because you're taking away Saturdays in December, you're not taking away November ones. Like those, that's I, I don't. Am I explaining? Am I right? Am I right, TJ? Yes. Like you're to play a a conference game for Kentucky to go travel to Starkville earlier in December. It would jeopardize the Champions Classic and the CBS Sports Classic. It wouldn't jeopardize just some random crappy cupcake it, game. Well, or like the Michigan series, like when you had the Saturday against Michigan or Notre Dame, right. like those. Yes. The, really, it's more so the Michigans and Notre Dames, the like random kind of uh, 
Saturdays on CBS games that you would see uh, in December. Um, but I mean, and we've seen this more often recently, TJ, like um, the Missouri game, you know, uh, that was an ugly bloodbath, but like every year I watch probably, uh, you know, usually it's the SEC opener is happening while I'm at UK football's bowl side. So yeah. it's creeping up. It's creeping up earlier and earlier on us. The other home games, Kentucky at Rupp Arena, will get – and these are without the road return trip. So these these teams just come to Rupp, and then Kentucky may see them in the SEC tournament. They may never see them again. Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Missouri. What jumps out to me is, you, you, with the exception of Alabama, that's a, that's a break in the schedule. And I don't think Kentucky got a ton of breaks with its SEC schedule. But having Alabama at home and not a return trip, that's, I think, maybe the – one of just a couple breaks in this entire schedule. Uh, but then Georgia, who will be improved, and it was a team that played you close at Rupp and, and beat you down in Athens. Uh, but that's a that's a game Kentucky should win. Ole Miss, Chris Beard is back. Uh, the the sharp fella from Western Kentucky, the seven-foot-six alien, he mm-hmm. transferred to Ole Miss, so he'll come back to, to Rupp Arena. You're not getting a return trip there. That's probably a good thing there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say that too, especially like in uh, – you have to kind of remove some logo biases in like years past. Um, like having LSU on the road instead of Ole Miss is actually a good thing because LSU still kind of stinks, still rebe- rebuilding under the McMahon or whatever. Where um, Ole Miss, it's year one. It'd probably be a rowdy atmosphere just with Kentucky being there. Yeah. And LSU maybe, and if you get them earlier in the season, probably more likely. LSU, you hope, is like late February, where the the suck is it's it's Set done up. its it's done its part, and fans aren't showing up at LSU. But I totally agree with you with Ole Miss, uh, and then Missouri, who shouldn't I, I don't think is going to be all that great. That's one that maybe you would want to be on the road. Uh, but then again, we saw Kentucky play on the road there last year, and it didn't go so well. But that should be a win there. So I think the home slate, incredibly manageable. One, at absolute worst, two conference home losses, I think. Anything more than that, that's not going to be good news. And then on the road, these teams mm-hmm. will not come to Rupp Arena. Auburn, that's going to be tough. Yep. It's not going to be easy. Always tough winning down there. LSU. Broom returned to Auburn despite mm-hmm. doing the NBA stuff. Yep. Uh, so that will be tough. LSU, we just mentioned, that should be winnable. South Carolina, so that should be winnable. And then A&M, it just seems almost – Always your, tricky. It, always tricky, but it almost seems like you can set your watch to it. UK playing a game at A&M. That's why last year was so weird. Um, but that was the anomaly. Back to College Station – the cats go. That's always been just a, a weird game. Weird stuff goes on. UK Buzz, Buzz Williams gets them great. all up. Yeah, like the just the style they play. I feel like they're just the they are great at overachieving. <laughs> you know, like they're just they're nominal. gonna be pretty good this year too. They're, they're, yeah. That will probably be a loss, I would imagine. And then when it comes on the road, yeah, you're probably gonna lose at A and M. You're probably gonna lose at Auburn. The Arkansas game. It's gonna be probably tough, seems yeah. like a, a loss, although you did get the win down there last time. Which, like last year, I never uh, them in the that in the Tennessee game just was like, there's no way they're winning either of these. And whoa, would you look at sure that? Sure enough, yeah, they sure did. So uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be a probably several conference losses, I would imagine. But it's tough. It, it it is not your your daddy's SEC anymore. They've really kind of upped the league in this uh, conference, the talent, the coaching, the whole stuff, and the atmospheres can be really good too if a team is doing well. But there is your 2020 
2023 and 2024 UK basketball schedule, which seems like it's a long way away because it is a long way away. We're going to take our last break. Not so far away is your neighborhood Salsaritas. One in St. Matthews right there off Hubbard's, and then one in Middletown right off Shelbyville Road. That one has a drive-through. The other one, no drive-through, but very fast, friendly, speedy service. It's cooked to order inside Salsaritas, so get a nice quesadilla, a burrito, nachos. It is Tuesday. Maybe you want to go with the tacos. They've got it all with wildly addicted chips, hot spicy salsa, Creamy queso. We love salsaritas. You will as well. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on Big Export Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the ground. Well, which is it, young feller? You want ice should freeze or get down on the ground? I mean to say, if I freeze, I can't rightly drop. And if I drop, I'm going to be in motion. You see? Shut up! Okay, then. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, get a rock and roll feeling in your bones, put taps on your toes and get gone, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, welcome back to Tuggy Roll Call. One final segment here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker and Nick Been a fun show today. Appreciate you listening in and participating on the Thornton's text line. And Roush, we should read some more texts. We definitely should. 502. 414-1450, that's the number. And the next texter says, so are we going to have to worry about Reeves in the back of our mind until August? And um, I'm not going to um, at all. Uh, seems like there's some worry about Samto Sarel that we won't know anything about until August at the earliest. Yeah, there's definitely a piece of news out there that has the experts all suggesting that he's not going to be a Kentucky Wildcat, at least this go-around. Um, and maybe they're not so – they're not necessarily going as far as saying that they're confident in that. Uh, they all just seem like it's kind of a fluid situation. But now where it seemed likely it would happen, now it seems more unlikely that it will happen, although – what I get is it's not necessarily a guarantee it won't happen, Roush. Yeah, it, it's they're just um, very confusing. Long story short, not sure if he's going to be able to get all the credits he needs to reclass. Like that, that's basically where we're at right now. Um, whereas at once they were pretty confident in it, and now it's like, eh, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, I'd like I'd like to have him. I really would like to have just another oh, yeah. Eloy Var at Eloy Vargas at a at a minimum, just somebody that could go in there and get some fouls. I think Santos Sarrell would be more than that, though. Uh, I think he could maybe even provide some some fun moments, but at minimum, just in case there's injuries, get just in case you get a bad officiating crew that's calling super ticky tack fouls. It's nice to have another big body. So I hope that they can make it happen. I think it's. I think it's not necessarily important to like UK's overall success, but I 
I do think it would be beneficial to have it. I think it could help your seed. Certainly, certainly. Well, and, you know, just from a depth standpoint, um, even if he plays as minimal as Hugo did last year, just having that option in case there's an injury, foul trouble, or whatever it may be, you would just feel a lot better about your team if you can get him to get his stuff together and get on campus here in August. Um, Kyle Tucker mentioned Mitchell had some academic meetings scheduled Monday. Would love a commitment this afternoon evening. Well, you should be in love, Texter. Should love it. Another texture says, reaction to Mitchell's transfer reminded me uh, a lot of CJ's. Lots of slow playing and initial pushback to make it look like he didn't know before he entered the portal. I mean, I, I just think that's... like I, I just don't know who actually cares about tampering unless you're just like whiny Scott Satterfield. I, I, I just don't... I don't understand it. Are they... Is anybody actually going to get pinched for it? No. Well, it seems like coaches care about it. Which one? But like, they care about not getting caught. But like, which ones are out there banging their fists on the table, saying we've got to stop tampering? And it's because X, Y, and Z is tampering. They're too afraid to accuse somebody else of it. It's like the, um, you know, uh, you, you don't want to be the snitch. Although apparently that was a big talk at SEC meetings, but they have nothing. They have no way to solve it because you just have plausible deniability for tampering. Yeah. I just don't, like, at its core, this is what people just need to do more in every situation. Just break it down to its core. All right, you stop You stop tampering. What? What is that doing? Well, it's keeping our players focused on their own team and not other teams. And the, it, it, at, they just want players to stay because they want these players. They're sick of losing players. And they feel like the tampering is the issue. So they want to basically force people to have – it's not forcing, but they want people to be more inclined to stay instead of seeing greener grass sold to them by salesmen. Just have a better pitch. Have a better lawn. Like, I don't think the option to this is to suppress people's options. I don't think it's a winning argument. It's not a winning battle. They just do. don't like dealing with it. Like, it's just a pain in their ass. Correct. But they do it. But whenever they need a player, they have no problem doing it. <laughs> exactly. And they all use the same excuse. Well, everybody's else doing it to us. If you really don't want to do it, then don't do it. Don't be a part of it. If you think it's so bad and you think it's gross, then let your players be tampered with and I shall not tamper. You do no tampering yourself. Let you be a martyr in this transfer portal era. And I saw an article with Shaka Smart about how like they're one of two power five schools that, that I don't think brought in any transfers or cool. Then do it that way. That's, that's fine. Uh, and you could also have some coaches say, well, we do bring in transfers, but we don't, we don't do the tampering. All tampering is doing is trying to get ahead of the game. I get that that can be annoying for coaches. I get why it could potentially be a distraction. But this idea that you can just stamp it out is unrealistic, and it's not really all that American, if well, you ask me. And it's also just they're t they thought there it that adding nil would be more of a direct to consumer interaction. Nil transfer portal, you know, all the above. 
But instead, you've just got more middlemen, and they're tired of dealing with middlemen. Because that's how tampering works, right? Like, you know, trainer or AAU coach or somebody reaches out to coaches they know and have connections to and say, hey, Johnny's thinking about transferring. Would you all want to take him? And then they have their conversations. And, you know, whether you're UK or U of L, they're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Like, yeah, if he – then they relay, like, we'd be interested in him. Um, not sure if he's a take or not, but we – yeah. That that so like that's how it works. It's just all middlemen to where it's, and and I I think that's probably the more of a point of frustration for them. Oh well, they're gonna just have to get over it. Yep, um, that's a fan favorite, Joe Joey Hart. By the way, that's fan favorite Joey Hart. By the way, is I I guess so we, is how that text was wanting to be read. Got you. We got to so every time we say Joey Hart, it's fan favorite. Okay. So fan favorite Joey Hart. But again, the Larry Vault article was saying more like, you know, the old school Kentucky fans, like the 1960s Kentucky fans would mm, be big Joey Hart fans. Got you. Got but you. I like it. That's that's what we're going to roll with. Fan favorite Joey Hart. Can't poop on fan favorite Joey Hart for being able to dunk. Highest standing <laughs> vert on the team while hyping up a guy like CJ last year who could take one wrong step and blow a tire. <laughs> more athletic than Grady. Quickly, CJ Reed and Adu. Not that it means much, but it's definitely something. Good backup guard who could do more dirty work and guard faster. More athletic players, unlike those guys I listed. Also, like n- saying that he's more athletic than Adu Thiero is just nonsense because athleticism is not measured by vertical leap. If that was the case, then they wouldn't test all of your athletic traits. Adu Thiero is a very good athlete. Emmanuel Quickly is a very good athlete. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> it's not just can you jump. Yeah, um, I, I I like the point or the sentiment of the text that um, like we probably did get too excited about CJ Frederick. Uh, we probably tried to temper expectations where we could, but we thought we were getting a guaranteed forty plus percent three point shooter, which yeah. and that just never never you never yeah. got that player. Yep, you got injuries unfortunately played a big role. I think the kid is tough, and I'll wish him the best at Cincinnati. People forget that he's going to go play for the Bearcats next year. But you it, it's not inconceivable to think you're getting more out of Joey Hart, regardless of what he does or how much he plays next year, than you got of C.J. Frederick. And plus, you get more time with Joey Hart if he turns into anything. And the mean reality of my overall sentiment is that you got nothing out of C.J. Frederick. Yep, sadly. You hope at some point in his career you get something out of fan favorite Joey Hart. He did uh, find a wife, though, so good for a fiancé. <laughs> and it stinks, yeah. If he stays healthy, maybe it's a different story, but it was yeah. one injury after another, and then in the meantime, he just couldn't hit That's anything. kind of the story of his career, too. Yeah, which stinks. Seems like a nice guy. A texter says, regarding the screen time question, we polled everyone at work, and the answers varied from two to seven hours. The average was between four and five hours, but our job requires very little phone usage in healthcare. The part of my take guys were over seven hours, which makes sense. It's part of their job. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport is a great read for those interested in the topic and actively trying to reduce screen time. Anyway, I'm pumped. We have Antonio Reeves back. Trey Mitchell is going to be a great role player. Go Cats. Um, How's there enough time in the day for people to read? Like, I, I get so many great Booker recommendations. I'd love to read Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. But yeah, reading I, I books, I just... Where does everybody can't. get the time to read? 
I can't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I, the only time I've ever read is if like, I, I ever read a book now is if I'm going to on a beach vacation and especially if flying's involved. Cause then if you're at the airport or on the plane, like there's some downtime traveling, but like, that's not usually the case. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, TJ. Like if I'm reading, which I, I read a lot, but it's typically like, it might be like a long form, you know, news article or something, mm-hmm. you know, not like a book. Sorry. Wait, so Ralph, do you read on the beach? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm going, especially, especially if it's just a husband and wife vacation and it's not a kid's one, uh, then yeah, like, uh, reading a book, like on the beach is very nice. Uh, From personal experience, I'll tell you, scoping the talent's way better. Reading but Like sitting there and just staring at people like it, you, I don't know. My mind gets bored. Reading a book's a nice way to keep myself entertained while enjoying the beach. Sounds like Justin lets his imagination run wild. Oh, I just throw my shady rays on and it's a party. Nobody That's knows. Just, just weird, weird stuff. <laughs> weird so, stuff. Was it, did Trevor take over? Also, it, it, he's, yeah, that's he Sean, rubbed, that's he rubbed off on me. Rubbed off. No kidding. Um, <clears throat> impossible to read a book with a toddler on a plane or a baby or probably just maybe any kid. Do, will Lucy sit there and watch iPad? Yeah, but like to, to a certain, you know, for three minutes and then she'll knock over ice or, you know, want to <laughs> grab a toy or it's just not, not sitting still for 30 minutes. No way. Oh, okay. That's yeah. unfortunate. Maybe not maybe without, another like, year. Should not without like some attention or like some need for something. I mean, you'll get like maybe a, a good five, ten minute stretch tops, but then and then she'll like then she'll need something and then she'll keep watching. But it's never, yeah, not uninterrupted. <laughs> you must have it nice. Let's not build Mitchell up. To, oh, we read that one uh, already. Yeah, Nick we read has, the next. Two. Nick was. The whole Nick was the house with a whole Tupperware set of Cool Whip and butter tubes, butter tubs. Yeah, like, do you ever Nick have has the house? Yeah, yeah, with the um, the butter tubs. Yeah, yeah. So. My my nana was big on those. Um, the ones that are reused now, and we don't always get, but like the the lunch meat containers, those are good Tupperware. Um, and the Chinese, the Chinese takeout are the the best. Um, my, my mom's also been using, uh, she calls it her uh, college Tupperware. Like whenever she'll send food home or something, it's always like a yogurt, like the the big mm-hmm. pint of yogurt or something. Because it's like, I don't care. Just recycle it afterwards. We have so much stupid Tupperware that every time we open this cabinet, it, it almost avalanches down yeah. on us. I cleaned it out once and had it real nice. And that lasted for like 10 days. And it is, I, I just want to get a garbage bag and throw away 90% of it and just be like, we will, we will, we will rebuild this tub of wear cabinet. Heard Trust you me. wouldn't. What's that? Heard you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Heard you wouldn't. Well, again, I don't know which one like was we paid for versus which one was just like the take home. And I know when I throw it away, I'm going to get yelled at. So it's, we just <laughs> live in fear of this cabinet. You, instead. you just gotta, you just gotta purge. And then once you you go through that, and, and you, you, you feel much better. I'm I'm right there. I agree with you. You guys are are talking to the right guy in this. You, there's because you know what if if you're worried that it's going to take a while to build up more Tupperware, like oh no, Hannah's going to have to go on Amazon and buy something. 
Like, oh. Uh, it's a good point. Yeah, I mean. Like, like, worst case scenario, you just buy some more that match, and, like, they're all set, and you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm sure it's inexpensive. Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife says water moccasins only live in western Kentucky and Dale Hollow in Kentucky. We have timber and pygmy rattlesnakes and copperheads in most of the state, though. Many species of water snakes do closely resemble moccasins, though. Ah, uh, they just... Well, thank you. It's good to know, but yeah, they just scare me. Don't like them. Great one Great. of a million drop scoots. TJ is just a lame. <laughs> uh, why I oughta. <laughs> Nick getting defensive when talking about Trey Mitchell. Playing defense? <laughs> I, 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 was, I, did. I was curious where he was going to be ranked. I, I don't know if like the basketball nerds have updated their rankings for him or not um last year in 24 7 he was the 74th ranked transfer when he transferred from texas to west virginia but cbs in 2021 he was the seventh ranked transfer transferring from umass to texas so uh somewhere between eight or no he was number nine excuse me he was number nine in cbs in 2021 Number 74. So in between 9 and 74 would be my guess. Okay. I'll, um, it's a pretty wide variety, but you know what? Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's irrelevant. It's erroneous. It, no transfer portal rankings. I bet, too, the, uh, during his first time, I, I wonder if that was portal era when he went from uh, UMass to Texas. They've been close. Might have been the first wave of them, but never met. Nevertheless, um, Texter sends in the the lyrics to "I can only imagine." You think that was for our show? Yeah, you all must have said "I can only imagine" at some point. That's I the only thing only I can think imagine. of because that's so random. When that day comes, it's a good song. Oh yeah, especially yeah. like it, it really it picks up the music. They let the beat build, you know? Oh, yeah. They really let the beat build there. I understand the skepticism, but it's funny to see national riders have us at 17th, 21st in their preseason polls. It's quite clearly a top five roster, in my opinion. I'm not, you know, I I don't get, even in the best of times or the worst of times, I don't really care about preseason polls. But some media members, they had made up their mind that Kentucky was kind of sank and sunk. Uh, Rob Doster guaranteed that Kansas was going to dominate UK in the Champions Classic. That it would be a one, it'd be an absolute blowout. Uh, I wonder if he if he'll come off that take now, or if he's going to dig his heels in and and still. Uh, but he's been a Cal hater for for many many years. Uh, uh, I, yeah, for me, it's just but the, I don't um... care. rank Kentucky wherever. It, it's a tough enough schedule where we're going to find out sooner rather than later if this team's got the chops. Yeah, and as we've discussed on this show many times, the it, it matters somewhat in football, basketball, not so much. Um, Cal should write Bobby Huggins a thank you card, thanking him for being an alcoholic. Well, that's not a very nice way to put it. I doubt he'll do that. But um, I, I was told, by the way, that like the Oscar Sheboy, they they did kind of stop reaching out to one another. Cal and because Huggins. of the, the yeah, I I could see that. Not that they like. I'm sure they. Would be like friendly if they other. saw each other. Yeah, right? but they, you know, where they used to kind of like 
shoot the you know what with one another here and then that that did stop after the oscar sheboy stuff which is just wild like hugging but huggins he didn't want to be there like yeah just it kind of goes back roush to the tampering stuff like or or do people want to actively stop people from going places that they may want to be what what is this i mean like he was playing worse because of germany how they were (laughs) you know i I don't want to say his treatment but like obviously it wasn't working for him there um and so it ended up being for the best for Sheboy, so these coaches would rather just have ninety nine red balloons. Mm. Na, 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 na. Another great na, song. Na, na. A texter says this team makes up a feel that's similar to the Maxi Quickly year. Mitchell isn't as good as a shooter, Sestina, but is more versatile. I'm also expecting a good season from Thierro. But many that people was, forget about a do Thierro, and people forget that Sestina really wasn't like playing a ton towards no. the end of that no, season. Not very much. Yeah. Who was it? It was DJ Montgomery, right? Yeah. Tipping against Florida. Um, on Brooks a little bit. I just, hey, one thing I want to say too, um, uh, we've, we've still got some more text to get to, but man, really nice adding, like having Mitchell and Reeves as solid role players. We can go back to just talking about how awesome the freshmen are going to be. Because that is one thing that got overlooked with this offseason was forgetting like, oh yeah, the freshmen are pretty awesome. It was just throughout this this angst, people would just use the freshmen as they're like, why is everybody worrying? These freshmen are awesome. And it's like, well, you need a little bit more than that. Now we can swing back to talking about how awesome the freshmen are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and it'll allow them some more time. You're not going to be dependent on them. And the fear is that some of these freshmen aren't going to be live up to, to their billing and if you didn't have some veteran and experienced players, then that would spell doom for the team. Where now, all right, if one doesn't live up to their billing, you probably can be okay. Uh, just hope that some of the other ones do. And then you got the the veteran guys that you know what you're going to be getting out of. What is one thing you don't miss about the whole wedding saga? What caused you and the wifey the most stress when planning, says one texter. Coming up on five-year anniversary this Friday? And um, my anxiety was mostly, uh, you know, we had a big wedding out of town in my wife's hometown. Mine was more so stress related based on like just making sure the travel and everybody getting there was fine. Uh, but we had a very, our, our wedding was like a, a old school, what our parents did. You got a church and a gym. I mean, we had the hall, you know, like it's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, as, as most weddings are now where it's this whole big. a plate, like just a whole to do thing. Like ours was $5. When we met the cook, it was like, do you want chicken and ham or chicken and pork? You know, like it was, it was, it was much less stressful than that sort of things. Yeah. We, we made a point not to make a big deal about it. I think you kind of know what you're marrying with the bride or the groom. So if you're kind of if you're marrying a bridezilla, you're probably gonna you gotta expect that that's what you're gonna get out of the whole ordeal. But we were like, let's try to have fun with this, not get too stressed up, stressed out about it. Now that being said, there were still disagreements here or there, the, probably, but nothing major, nothing bad at all. It, we mm-hmm. had a good time, but probably just the guest list. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think one thing you forget is that your parents are gonna want to invite a bunch of people. And understandably so, it, it's kind of a wedding for them as much as it's a wedding for you to some degree. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, 
that's going to eat into your guest list numbers. And we worried about that. And then sure enough, like after RSVPs, we ended up having some space. The the part too that's weird is just like your friends change once you get married too. So like some of the people that like were at my wedding, like I don't really hang out with them at all anymore. You know, it's just kind of kind of weird how that works out. Yeah. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, John here, good morning. Great call, Roush. Mitchell should be a big help with adding some more size and depth to the roster. I believe I'll be at the golf scramble. I believe this time I'll take Friday off and then go to the Kentucky football game on Saturday. You all know I'm a terrible – I'm terrible at golf, but, man, the event was so fun and awesome last year. I'll be going to the driving range starting now. Maybe I will not embarrass myself too badly. We'll got to go talk to you later. That sounds like a fun weekend, John. Another another texter says, going to Park Mammoth today. Any tips on the tricky par threes? Uh, As – as Chester told us, um, you want to play below the hole. Keep it below the hole. Yeah, the <laughs> one over the duty. water plays a little longer than you think. Um, and then uh, the, the other long one up the hill, that hill is basically a, a safety net for you. So at worst, just hit it into that just hill. That long go right. Hill one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But go number right. 11 is super easy. It's like 100 yards. So get ready it's, for that yeah, one. That, that one's almost you're, you're used to the distance. And you. you I, I know I just, you know chicken footed around with it and he's like just hit the dang thing is scoots going to apologize for tj for giving him a hot mic like four minutes before the show started for his asmr rant good try texter impossible for me to give tj a hot mic before the show starts what's an asmr rant no idea i don't know what yeah but asmr is like like all that stuff Oh, okay. All right, everybody, uh, have a good everybody have a good Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday. Congrats to LSU for winning the championship. KRC all called it. Uh, this is KRC on Big X Sports oh, Radio. DJ Walker. Oh,